ACLU New York is asking the state to stop the building of a new Catholic hospital unless those darn Catholics agree to kill babies in that hospital once it's built. California Democrat lawmakers will now provide abortions for the female inmates allowed to be raped after sending rapists who identify as women into the women's prisons. While the left redefines everything, reality remains unyielding to their postmodern pipe dreams. I'm Seth Gruber and this is Unaborted. Welcome to the show today, guys. Thank you for joining us in studio here again. It's good to be back uh, from vacation. I was out of studio for three weeks. We'll be moving back here to doing two episodes a week. But thank you guys for staying tuned in with this show. It really means a lot to me. It's been a pleasure and honor and real blessing to be able to build this sort of platform and community of people who tune into the show because you care about life, because you're disturbed with what's happening in the country, because maybe you, like so many others, have reached your line in the last few months or last year or so where... Just saying you're pro-life, saying you're conservative, saying you care about the country is just not enough. And, and you want to remain educated, informed in order to act on your beliefs and to do something about them. And that's what we talk about on this show is um, how do you actually defend what you believe about the dignity of life in the womb? And how do you seek the good of the city where we're in exile as Christians in the meantime before God comes back um, to fulfill his commandments, to love our neighbor and the unborn is the only neighbor that it's legal to kill. And so we're going to dive into a lot of ideas today. Really disturbing news, however, out of New York. So the ACLU chapter in New York, which is, I believe is called the New York Civil Liberties Union, but it's a, it's a chapter of the ACLU, probably one of the greatest legal enemies to the preborn child, is asking the state of New York to stop and halt the building of a new Catholic hospital unless that hospital agrees to kill babies. <laughs> you, you can't have uh, religious theocratic Catholics enforcing their religious views that what? That the science says human life begins at the moment of conception and human rights are based on our human nature and we had that nature from the moment we were human, the moment of conception. Wait, that doesn't sound like a religious dogma. That sounds like science, like life begins at conception. Well, but this is what the left has to do, right? They have to label that pro-life position, which is based on science, just a religious creed. And don't you know we have a separation of church and state? So New York Civil Liberties Union, very upset that a new Catholic hospital is being opened because they know that Catholic hospitals Catholics in general tend to be very pro-life and tend to refuse to perform or assist with abortions. And so a Catholic hospital wouldn't kill babies. And that's an injustice to the women in this community where this new hospital will be being opened because they won't have quick and local access to reproductive justice. The euphemism that they require to describe the genocide of killing babies as just a women's right issue. So according to Live Action News on July 28th, the New York Civil Liberties Union, a localized branch of the ACLU, is asking the state to force a new Catholic hospital to agree to commit abortions if it wants to open. New York uh, City Liberties Union fellow by the name of Gabriela Larios denied, when asked, denied that their actions would, quote, infringe on Catholic Health's religious liberty, the name of this hospital and group, Catholic Health. 
She's saying, no, it, it won't infringe on their religious liberty. Of course it will. They're saying we don't want to be forced to perform or provide abortions because our faith says, and coupled with the science, but our faith says that, that human life begins at the moment of conception, that that's an image bearer of God in the womb, and we can have nothing to do with harming or killing those human beings. And so this fellow from the, Lib the Civil Liberties Union says, no, well, we're, we're, not, we're not attacking Catholics' uh, religious liberty. We're just expanding health care. Here's what she said. She said, what we are trying to do here is ensure that health care is available to all people, comprehensive health care, reproductive health care, end-of-life care, this is not a religious liberty issue. Okay, so you need to get this if you're not woke to this already. That's the play right there. That's the play what they do. They deny people their religious liberties by redefining their religious beliefs as anti-science, right? So, hey, Catholics, oh, it's your religious belief that that's an image bearer of God in the womb who's being knit together by the creator of the universe, and also it's a human being from the science, but, but um, you know what? That's anti-science, that's anti-health. They have to label that position anti-science or anti-health because they know that if they dig into that religious belief, they'll find that this is not purely a religious belief. It's also based on an objective moral order, the objective findings of science that human life begins at the moment of conception. So science becomes anti-science, just like men become women and unborn babies become non-persons. They have to defy the natural order, right? Because if you acknowledge a natural order, you might be forced to acknowledge the source of that natural order, God himself. And nothing is more scary to the liberal establishment and the party of death than that. So they have to say abortion is just health care. And so you Catholics, you can't enforce your subjective religious beliefs onto others by denying them health care. Do you see the problem with that? That begs the question. It's a, it's a logical fallacy. Now, in case you are not familiar with that fallacy, begging the question doesn't mean asking a question. Sometimes people will say, well, that begs the question. Did you really mean like, like it leads to demanding a question? That's not what beg the question means. It's actually a logical fallacy where you assume your conclusion. It's a logical fallacy in which you assume the very thing that you must prove in the first place in order for your argument to work. And nearly every pro-abortion argument does that. For example, someone might say, abortion is a privacy issue best left to women's own conscience. How dare you pro-lifers intrude into the, f the private family medical decisions of a man and woman when they decide whether or not to get an abortion. That's a privacy issue. And then I ask, should women be allowed to kill their toddlers as long as they do so in the privacy of their own homes? And the pro-choicer goes, oh, what? Kill toddlers? No, that's not a privacy issue. We, you can't do that. And then I say, well, why not? And they say, well, because that's a human being. Ah, yes, exactly. It's a human being. So you can't appeal to privacy to justify killing toddlers. Similarly, you can't appeal to privacy to justify killing the unborn. You can only do so by what? Assuming the unborn is not a human being within the course of your argument, but you never prove it. You've assumed it, but you haven't proved it. So you've assumed your conclusion that the unborn is not really a full human being, but that's the very thing you must prove for the pro-choice argument to work in the first place. Same thing happens here, right? They say abortion is just healthcare, right? So these Catholics, they're just anti-science. They're trying to deny full comprehensive healthcare to women. Well, abortion's not healthcare, you're assuming your conclusion, right? The very question at the heart of the abortion debate is this, is abortion healthcare because it's just the woman's body? Or is abortion murder because it's not just her body? If it's just her body, then sure, abortion's healthcare. Can, and then abortion's no different than removing a polyp. 
But if there's a different human being in her body that is a separate human being with its own unique DNA and gender and everything and blood type with a heart that's already beating, well, then it's not just your body. So then abortion is not just healthcare. So this, this woman, Gabriella Larios, does what every pro-abort and high pontiff of the religion of secular progressivism does, which is to merely filter out of sight any recognition of a separate human being in the womb. Because acknowledging the reality of that separate human being, not begs the question, right, but demands the question, when did their human rights begin? Is this a separate human being? Where do natural rights come from? When does the right to life begin? Uh, they can acknowledge the existence of that child, um, except to define them out of existence as a non-child, a non-human, a non-person, untermensch, one might say, to quote the Nazi, subhuman. So Larios goes on here. She says, religiously affiliated healthcare providers often follow religious and ethical directives prohibiting certain kinds of treatment, including miscarriage management and gender affirming surgery. Okay, again, that's the redefinition of reality. When she says gender affirming surgery, what she means is a is a surgical chopping a surgical chopping procedure that rejects your original and only gender to make you feel like the gender that you're not, but that you feel that you are. So it's not a gender affirming surgery, it's a gender mutilation, it's a, gen it's a genital mutilation surgery to make yourself feel like the other gender. Because why? Because the real me is who I feel like I am inside. So we're affirming those feelings, even if we have to chop up your anatomy to make you feel that way. And this is based off of the uh, old heresy of Gnostic dualism, which says the real you is not your body, it's who you feel you are on the inside. So again, th these are the type of language they have to use. She says, these directives depart greatly from medical standards of care, threatening patients' health and lives and inflicting dignitary harms. Okay, what's, what's this civil liberties union chick saying? She's saying that sometimes when religious people abide by their religious perspectives and beliefs, that harms other people. Why, right, because she's saying, it's a theocracy. It's the imposition of religious ideals onto the American public. But this is funny, she never explains how religious hospitals, like Catholic hospitals, which are required to have the same certifications as any other hospital, would depart greatly from medical standards of care. She never explains how because this Catholic hospital will be run by Catholics with a certain worldview, that that somehow departs from medical standards of care because this Catholic hospital, in order to operate, would be required to have the same certifications as any other hospital, just like every other Catholic hospital in the country that's currently in operation. So she just makes these assertions in order to discredit the individuals behind this Catholic hospital because she hates them, because she knows that, it, that they won't be performing abortions because they're Catholics and they acknowledge the science which... Larios calls anti-science. Yes, you're not supposed to be able to follow this, okay? This is an Orwellian world where two plus two literally does equal five. Now, you may recall that Trump and his administration had an office of conscience rights and protections housed within the HHS for this very reason, to allow clinicians and you know, obstetricians and gynecologists and nurses to object to abortion, to give them the natural right to say, Performing or assisting with an abortion violates my religious or moral beliefs. It didn't have to be a religious belief. It could have just been, I believe abortion is immoral, and I'm an atheist, and I don't want to be coerced into performing or assisting with an abortion. 
it was one of the good things the Trump administration did was to ensure that the culture of death and their power structure, the Democratic Party, wasn't allowed to force people to perform or assist with abortions upon threat of career termination. In other words, kill babies or else. Kill babies or we'll take your job. Well, the left lost their minds over that too, just like they're losing their minds over a Catholic hospital that will be providing good health care and services minus the baby butchery part. They lost their minds over Trump's conscience rights and protections office as well. And we covered this at the time, way back in November of 2019, for the longtime listeners of this show, when federal judge Paul Engelmayer of the Southern District of New York, same state, struck down the Trump administration's rule um, which was protecting healthcare workers' conscience decisions because the Trump administration had shot down um, the ability to coerce healthcare providers to perform or assist with abortions upon threat of career termination. And so Trump's HHS office was going to withhold federal funding from healthcare providers in hospitals if those providers were coercing their staff into performing abortions against their moral or religious beliefs. That's a great thing, right? So, so it, was the conservative, um, it was the conservative reaction and response to what is the current liberal response right now, right? The New York Civil Liberties Union is saying, you need to shut down this hospital because they might not perform abortions. And the Trump administration was saying, no, you need to not coerce people into performing abortions or we're going to remove your federal funding. And it was very funny that federal judge Paul Engelmayer of the Southern District of New York at the time said that Trump's office's ruling was coercive, that it was coercive to say we will remove federal funding from you if you try to coerce some of your healthcare workers to provide abortions against their beliefs. So it's coercion <laughs> to tell people that there will be consequences if you try to coerce others into killing babies. Huh? What? But it's not coercive, I guess, for healthcare providers to threaten to fire their staff who refuse to perform abortions. That's not coercive. And that's what... Federal Judge Paul Engelmayer was trying to protect and uphold was to allow healthcare provider, providers to threaten career termination to their staff if they personally asked to not have to perform or assist with an abortion, even though there was always another nurse or another hospital who would have killed that baby, right? But that's not enough, right? You see, it's not enough that, that someone else can provide that quote-unquote right to an abortion. No, 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 no. You must obey the culture of death, and you must provide that abortion, or you'll be thrown out into the secular progressive's utter darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so the left and the mainstream media at the time called Trump's Conscience Protections Act Ready? Quote, the refusal of care rule. And, you know, here's a tweet from Planned Parenthood who said, you know, the court strikes down Trump administration's refusal of care rule. Now, it ended up being upheld, but they called it a license to discriminate. It was a license to discriminate. Oh, oh you mean against the, the uh, health care providers who you're being forced to perform abortions? No, no, no. They said it was a license to discriminate against the women who were, who were coming to get an abortion because abortion is health care. And so you're denying them health care. Wait, what? 
But there's another nurse who would provide that, quote unquote, healthcare or abortion. Why does that one nurse who says, I'm a Catholic, I don't want to perform an abortion, why does she need to be forced into doing that, right? Um, because it's about the imposition of power, because it's you obey or else. Remember the old saying, don't like abortion, don't have one, right? Well, what about this? Don't like abortion, don't perform one. Bah, that's not enough for the culture of death, is it? You must be coerced and forced into performing an abortion. And that's what this is about. That's what this New York Civil Liberties Union um, thing is about in New York with this fellow Gabriel, Gabriela Larios. They want to make sure that this Catholic hospital, if it's going to be allowed to be built, is forced into performing abortions. Um, because abortion isn't merely about the right to obtain or perform an abortion if you choose, right? Don't buy that language. It's not, it's not about abortions for those who want it, even though they're doing crazy sex ed to indoctrinate children to have sex so they can sell them abortions. It's not just about if you choose to perform the abortion. No, it's that you must perform it. It's about the imposition, the power to coerce you into complying, right? To justify their regime, to, to remind you that we're the ones in power. We're God. We're the serpent, right? Who will tell you that you can be as gods. Unless you threaten the, the power and the exercise of power of the culture of death. Because if you have the freedom and right to disobey them, if you have the freedom and right to not obey, if these Catholic nurses and hospitals have the right to say, no, we have religious liberties, we have natural rights, the right to exercise and live out our faith, and that means not killing babies who are human beings. If you have that natural right to disobey the governing authorities, the liberal establishment, the culture of death, that's because those natural rights come from God and not man, right? But if that's true, then maybe all human beings have such natural rights. And what natural right do you need before you can exercise any other natural right? Life, life itself. But you see, the left cannot acknowledge any such thing as natural rights because doing so means that there is a God and they are not him. <laughs> and that there are also limits to their political goals and pipe dreams. If there is a God and man is created in the image of God, then human nature is fixed, right? Human nature is not endlessly malleable. Human nature is not a gelatinous blob which you can shape <laughs> to meet your liking. Human nature is actually fixed because there's an objective moral order, because there's an objective moral lawgiver, God himself. So if it's wrong to force Catholics to perform abortions because that violates their natural right of religious liberty, one of the natural rights this country was built upon, that means that natural rights do exist. Right? If the New York Civil Liberties Union and the culture of death and the Democratic Party acknowledge this Catholic hospital's natural right to religious liberty, then that means natural rights do exist. But no natural rights can exist unless the right to life exists first. The very right the left claims is a fantasy. Right? Very interesting. So you see, Democrats, the culture of death, the Democratic Party, they know that any discussion of natural law and natural rights inevitably leads to the abortion debate every freaking time. Because the abortion debate is the ignoring, the refusal to grant the first and most important of all rights.
upon which every other right flows, and upon which this republic was built. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. There's a reason they put life first, you see. People like Joe Biden, who is an empty suit for the culture of death to achieve their utopian pipe dream goals, Joe Biden himself, when he was opposing the confirmation of Clarence Thomas, the most conservative member of the Supreme Court, and the most passionate um, proponent of natural law, I would argue, on the Supreme Court, Joe Biden himself, in opposing Clarence Thomas's confirmation to the Supreme Court, questioned Clarence about natural law. Why? Because Joe Biden knew that if Clarence Thomas said, I am a natural law thinker, that that would probably mean that he was pro-life. And Biden did vote against and argued against Clarence Thomas's confirmation. In Clarence Thomas's new documentary entitled Created Equal, Clarence Thomas in his own words, Thomas talks about this interaction with Joe Biden when Biden was questioning him. And after being asked about the former senator's questioning on Thomas's views on natural law, Clarence Thomas said, I had no idea what he was talking about when Biden was questioning Clarence Thomas about natural law. And Clarence says, I understood what he was trying to do. I didn't really appreciate it, he said. Natural law was nothing more than a way of tricking me into talking about abortion. <laughs> See, the, the left understands this. The left fears natural law and natural rights because it means that those rights come from someone beside themselves. It means there is a God and they're not them and they will one day be held accountable. They will one day give an account to the creator of the universe. It means that there are some things that you just cannot achieve because you're not God. Nothing infuriates the left more than that. So if these Catholic nurses in Catholic hospital can demand their natural right to religious liberty and not be forced to perform abortions, that means there are natural rights. That means that first right is life. That means you can't kill unborn children. That means that our Supreme Court, which acknowledges natural law, which built this republic, ought to protect the rights of the unborn, which was why Joe Biden was so infuriated that Clarence Thomas might acknowledge natural law in his confirmation hearings in 1991. Next, we're going to get to California Democrat lawmakers and their, their uh, poison pill choice between feminism and transgenderism. And guess which one they chose. But first, if you like this show and want to hear more great content and commentary from the front lines of the abortion wars and the pro-life movement, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash unaborted to become a patron of the show. Um, your, your, uh, your support really helps the show. This is just a way for us to crowdfund and support the show. You'll find fun uh, tiers to support the show at different financial commitment levels. And each tier gives you different perks uh, as a thank you to supporting the show, which helps us increase our production val value, do more episodes, bring on more guests, and begin traveling and taking this conversational content to the streets to help change minds, change hearts, and save lives. Thank you so much. Um, we will be right back with a whole lot more.
So California Democrat lawmakers are being forced to pick between two options here, between feminism and transgenderism. And uh, you won't guess which one they chose. But you see, they have forced themselves into this into the situation where they can no longer support the premises of feminism and the premises of transgenderism because they are indeed at odds with one another. But when they try to have it both ways, um, she, Chaos, chaos and havoc results, and they end up trotting upon the rights of the very individuals that they claim they're a champion for. Women, right? That's who the Democrats say they're for. We're for women, women's rights, women's equality. Uh, well, apparently not. And if you're a watchman for our times, if you're an observer of the political climate and political wars that America finds itself in, this will be of no surprise to you. So what do I mean by this? Well, California Democrat lawmakers are going to begin providing abortions for the women that they allowed to be raped in the first place in female prisons because they're sending rapist men into women's prisons. According to Live Action News on July 28th, um, according to a new report from the Women's Liberation Front, the Central California Women's Facility has added new has added new pregnancy resources to its medical clinics, including information on how to obtain abortions. Women's Liberation Front says women incarcerated at the facility, this, this uh, Cal Central California Women's Facility, um, have been put into an unacceptable situation, resulting from the passage of legislation allowing, quote, transgender, intersex, and non-binary inmates the right, regardless of anatomy, to choose whether to be housed in a male or female prison, according to the Los Angeles Times. As reported by the LA Times, listen to this, at the Central California Women's Facility in Chochilla, there's fear. Inmates, so the actual female inmates, inmates say that the guards have warned them that, quote, men are coming, end quote, and to expect sexual violence, quote, that if we think it's bad now, be prepared for the worst, that it's going to be off the hook, it's going to be jumping. Tamikia Johnson, 41, said staffers have told her. They say we're going to need a facility that's going to be like a maternity ward. They say we're going to have an inmate program where inmates become nannies. So how sick are California Democrat lawmakers? Well, there's two bills in question here. The first is SB 132, which allows transgender, non-binary, and intersex inmates, regardless of anatomy, to be housed in the prison they feel best aligns with their gender identity. Because it doesn't matter if you have a penis, it doesn't matter if you're a man, and that's all you'll ever be because human nature is fixed and there is an objective moral order. It doesn't matter. I feel like I'm a woman inside somewhere. There's a little girl inside me, inside my soul. And so, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a religious devotee of the religion of secular progressivism, which is based on the heresy of body self-dualism, which says your body's not the real you, the real you is who you feel you are inside, so I can liberate myself from the constrictions of human nature and redefine myself into a woman. <laughs> so if you just say you're a woman one day, there's no prerequisite to prove that somehow you've pulled that off, that mystical, magical procedure. But if you just say it, and you're a male inmate in a prison, you can be transferred to the female prison. Okay, that's what SB 132 is enabling, thanks to these sick California Democrat lawmakers. The second bill in question is Assembly Bill 732. And this passed, and it, it, it's allegedly going to improve the quality of the healthcare and accommodations pregnant people 
receive in California because you can't say pregnant women because any person can get pregnant because if you're a man, you can be a woman. Pregnant people receive in California's jails and prisons. Here's what the assembly bill says. If you are pregnant or become pregnant, this is from the bill, you have rights and access to the following. And then they list like pregnancy care and some other things. But on that list of things that they will have access to are pregnancy termination and emergency contraception. Those are some of the things that California lawmakers are saying that they will provide to pregnant people if they become pregnant in California jails or prisons. Well, only women can become pregnant. So what are they saying? They're saying if you get pregnant as a woman, wait, 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 but women are in female prisons. And so how are they getting pregnant? Well, thanks to the first bill that says we will send men into your female prison if they say, but I'm a woman inside. So what are California Democrat lawmakers doing? They're saying, oh yeah, I, I kind of foresee that if I send men into, who many of them will be rapists, into female prisons, they'll probably rape the women because they're not actually women and they actually have a penis. And so some of these women in these women's prisons will end up getting pregnant. So we need this second bill, which says if you become pregnant, right, listen, listen, listen. If you are pregnant or become pregnant, who is this talking to? To female inmates. How will they become pregnant in a female prison with all women? Because we're sending the men into there. So California Democrat lawmakers are saying, oh yeah, you're probably going to get raped. So here's some abortions and emergency contraception or the plan B, morning after pill, in, in case you're raped and you don't want to get pregnant. Or if you do get pregnant, yeah, we'll help you kill the baby. What in the freaking world? And we were told by woke progressive pastors, vote for Democrats because that's what real pro-lifers do. Because don't you know, studies have shown that democratic policies decrease the abortion rate. And that's what we really want. We just want a few less abortions, not to make it illegal and unthinkable. Vote for Democrats, right? Remember pro-life evangelicals for Biden? Remember the evangelicals for Biden group? Disgusting. Well, so much for me too, huh? Live action news reporting, there have been nearly 300 requests from transgender women, um, let's translate that, um, men. There have been nearly 300 requests from men, some of whom are convicted rapists. Isn't that lovely? Oh, I, no one could have predicted that. That rapish, rapacious men, when given the opportunity, would want to go live with a bunch of women? That's so strange. Wow, it's almost like human nature's fixed and we're all fallen and sucky and you can kind of predict human behavior ba based on prior uh, choices because we're all fallen and we make bad choices. Wow, that's just crazy. That they have requested to be transferred from men's prisons to women's. Nearly 300 requests, many of whom are rapists. While 21 such requests have been approved so far, none have yet been denied. So lawmakers and courts have not yet denied a request by a man to be transferred to a women's prison. One inmate told Amy Ichikawa, who's the founder of Women to Woman, that it was as if the government of California had, quote, listen, this is from an inmate, a female inmate. It was, if, it was as, if, as if the government of California had, quote, given the okay for men to rape us because you have a plan to take care of the aftermath. That's coming from a female inmate. That's how she feels. Yeah, duh. You passed two bills. One saying we'll send men into women's prisons. And secondly, oh, if you get pregnant as a result of rape, 
somehow, oh, I can't imagine why that would have happened, that will provide you an abortion and will help kill the baby. This is why the feminist movement cannot survive alongside the transgender movement. They represent two polar opposite views of human nature. Feminism says human nature is somewhat fixed, right? There is such a thing as women. Now, many feminists, quote unquote, support abortion, which doesn't acknowledge that human nature is fixed because they say that the unborn child is not really a human, or if it is, we can kill it because it's not a person. But feminism acknowledges that human nature is somewhat fixed, that there are, real thing as, as, there are real things as men and there are real things as women, and one cannot become the other. But transgenderism says men can be women <laughs> whenever they want by simply claiming it to be so, by asserting their desires and political will onto that gelatinous blob of human nature because it's endlessly malleable. Those two worldviews cannot be held in tension. They are in fact contradictory. It violates the law of non-contradiction, which says two opposing ideas cannot both be true at the same time and in the same way. And yet California Democrats and Democrats writ large have tried to support both of these worldviews, feminism and transgenderism. Well, if there are such a thing as women, then that means men cannot be women, which means transgenderism is false. You have to pick. So what happens when transgenderism meets feminism? What happens when transgenderism meets me too? Hashtag me too. Well, transgenderism wins. California Democrat lawmakers are saying, so much for women being raped, so much for women being abused by rapacious degenerate men, we're going to send those rapists to you. Have fun, and if you get pregnant, we'll kill the baby for you. Wow. Because transgenderism is the fulfillment of the liberal orthodoxy. The fulfillment of Justice Kennedy's mystery passage in Planned Parenthood v. Casey. Do you remember? That at the heart of liberty is the right to define one's own concept of existence, of meaning, of the universe, and of the mystery of human life. Justice Kennedy, authoring the Planned Parenthood v. Casey decision, at the heart of liberty is our right to define reality. Well, if our right to define reality is at the heart of liberty, right, then there is no end to that political project. You can simply redefine reality whenever it fits your political goals. Transgenderism is the fulfillment of the liberal orthodoxy and of Kennedy's promise and mystery passage that if we can redefine reality itself, then men can be women. And so if men who think they're women rape women, it's not actually men raping women, it's just lesbianism rape because those men actually became women. But if the real woman with real natural rights to not be abused, namely these female inmates, right? Those are real women with real natural rights to not be raped. If those women get in the way of the liberal orthodoxy of redefining reality, then they, like preborn women, will be sacrificed, right? These are some of the human costs and consequences of transgenderism, of leftism, and of secular progressivism, which claims, as Obama once said, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice, meaning that human nature is always getting better. It's bending towards justice and perfection. We can perfect ourselves, what? Through language and politics, by saying it so, because human nature is endlessly malleable and we can assert our will onto the gelatinous blob of the universe and become our own gods. That's what they believe. 
Like the pre-born child who's set aside and sacrificed on the desires of their parents, now female inmates are sacrificed on the liberal creed of redefining reality because these rapacious men believe them to be, themselves to be women. We have to affirm their gender identity because if we tell them that they're not women and that they're actually men and so they cannot go to the women's prison, then these Democrats would be acknowledging, acknowledging that human nature is not endlessly malleable, that human nature is fixed and that there's an objective moral order, which means that there's an objective moral lawgiver, which means that there is a God and you are not him. You see, the political reason for all of this is simple. If they can liberate themselves, even from human nature itself, then there is no end to their political project, right? And that's always been the point, folks, to entirely upend society so that they can remake it in their own image. Like the Catholic nurses and hospital, these female inmates' natural rights must be ignored and trod upon on the left's path to utopia, which is nothing less than communism. Because in communism, the government is God, right? The government is God. The only rights that exist are the rights granted by government. They define reality, and they can redefine it whenever they wish. They're the ones in, in control. They are the ones with their hands on the reins of political power. So whoever can grab those reins is God. Mm -hmm. Remind you of a book, I don't know, George Orwell, 1984. Have you read it? The character Winston predicted all of this, predicted this exactly, that the government becomes God and can redefine reality. But it's not enough, right, that the government can pull that off. You have to be coerced into abiding, into obeying, into acknowledging the fantasy reality that they pulled out of their butt. So Winston says, in the end, the party would declare that two and two made five, and you would have to believe it. It was, an, it was inevitable that they should make this claim sooner or later. The logic of their position demanded it. Not merely the validity of experience, but the very existence of what? Of an external reality was tacitly denied by their philosophy. The heresy of heresies was common sense. That's right. You can't acknowledge the existence of an external reality, of an objective moral order, because it means you're not God. And then it means that the people might acknowledge the fact that there's an objective moral order and our elected representatives don't only serve at our consent, but they're going to be held accountable to the creator of that moral order, God himself. <gasps> if the people begin to believe that, that's going to threaten our political regime, our power, and our attempts at redefining reality and remaking the world in our own image. But like the big brother government in 1984, it's not enough that you say that two plus two equals five. You have to believe it. And until everyone is ideologically uniform and looks just like the reigning political regime, then they will not have accomplished their goals because they're God. And if they're God, they get to decide who lives and who dies. And they get to coerce you to comply. Like the Catholic nurses, insisting on their religious liberties, like the female inmates insisting on their natural liberties and rights to not be violated or abused, the unborn's existence is also a threat to their goals, isn't it? Because the reality and existence of an unborn child demands recognition. And the advent of the ultrasound 
which has humanized the child in the eyes of the American public, has helped with this. You can no longer ignore the existence of that child, but the very fact that that child exists demands that we ask this question. When did this human being's human rights begin? When did this unborn human being's human rights begin? When they became human? At conception? Or sometime later? When Joe Biden and the God government decides that you become human? When did this human being's human rights begin? They hate the unborn for the same reason they hate you, for the same reason that they hate these female inmates, for the same reason that they hate these Catholic hospitals and nurses, because in each case, there are individuals demanding their natural rights, you demanding your natural liberties and rights to run your businesses in accordance with your best judgment, to calculate your own risk level before deciding to get jabbed by a vaccine, insisting on your liberties to gather and worship and sing, when last year Governor Newsom Leaney in California said no singing unless it's the hymnal of the religion of secular progressivism in the streets of LA as you sing and scream, America sucks, burn it down. If you insist on those natural liberties, if the unborn's existence says I'm a human being, where are my natural rights? If Catholics say where are my religious freedom? And if feminist female inmates say where's my bodily autonomy to not be raped by men who are pretending to be women? If you acknowledge those human beings and their natural rights, then you're led to ask the question, where do human rights begin? Who gives rights? Where do these rights come from? Do they come from the government? or do they come from a higher moral order? That's what scares the left more than anything else, that maybe the serpent was wrong in Genesis 3, and they will not be as gods. They will not live forever. They might burn forever, but they won't live forever. They hate the unborn for the same reason they hate you. You're a constant reminder to the party and culture of death that there is a god, that there are natural rights, and there are limits to what you can do. Because there's an objective moral order, there is an objective human nature. There is good and there is evil, there is truth and there is lies. We're a reminder of that. That's why you listen to this show. You want to be equipped to defend the true, the good, and the beautiful. And to oppose and fight against the evil, the lies, and the murderous agenda of the party of death, which literally believes themselves to be God, because the government will grant rights, can also take them away. The only question for you and me is this. Will we, those who were not aborted, stand and fight for the rights of those that the left ignores and hurts and kills, the women in these prisons, the Catholic nurses who don't want to perform abortions, and the unborn children in our midst? Will we seek to obtain and wield political power with the same passion and strategic focus that the left has for decades as they have attempted to redefine reality and to recreate society in their own image. Will we seek to obtain that political power? What, for the same reasons? What, so we can be as gods? No, we have a far better reason to do so, don't we? To love our neighbors, to hold evil in check, and to honor God. I don't wanna hear one more time from John Piper, or Tim Keller, or David Platt, or Andy Stanley, or any other woke Christian progressive like Phil Vischer, that we're making an idol out of politics. That we're not honoring God because we're putting our desire for political power before our command to love and honor God. No, 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 no. Being a Christian in America means that political power is stewardship, 
right? To steward what you've been given. And does Jesus have some colorful language in a parable about people who didn't steward what they were given? Uh, I don't know the parable of the talents. Yeah, the guy who buried his treasure and did nothing with it. You will find some of the most colorful language from Jesus' mouth in response to the man who didn't steward what he was given. In America, political power is merely stewardship. Because rather than allowing our neighbors to be murdered by an authoritarian regime because we can do nothing to stop him, we've been given self-government and political power to shape how the country looks like. That's an opportunity to love neighbor. That's an opportunity to protect the natural rights that come from God that the left can't acknowledge. That's an opportunity to hold in check the power of the party and culture of death which are now sacrificing the very women that they say they are me too for to be raped by men. That's an opportunity to hold in check the power and murderous agenda of people who have murdered over 63 million unborn children and image bearers of God since 1973 in America alone. That's an opportunity to hold in check the power of the culture and party of death, which want to chop off the penis of your eight-year-old if they played with a Sally doll one time and they told their public school teacher that they're a girl. And then that school will begin indoctrinating that child into the religion of transgenderism against your wishes or knowledge. Should we put check on that? Should we maybe seek to stop that by wielding the same political power that the left has for years because in America we're the sovereign? I would hope so. I would hope so. We have a far better reason to wield and obtain such political power to love our neighbors. And nowhere else in American history besides slavery are more neighbors being targeted for discrimination, for murder, and for mistreatment than today. Unborn children, women, minors, indoctrinated through sex ed, or literally having their genitalia chopped off because an alternative religion, the religion of secular progressivism, which masquerades as politics, says that that's just science. Just like that New York Civil Liberties Union individual said, this Catholic hospital's position is just um, um, anti-health and anti-science. Well, it's about time we start using correct words because language, like human nature, is objective. It refers to something in the real world. Because we shall not be as gods. We were created by a god. And that means we have duties, we have responsibilities, and we have to live within the moral order that God himself has created. We can acknowledge that moral order and seek to honor it by loving our neighbors. Or we can accept the serpent's lies that we ourselves are gods. And if the real God gets in the way of my deification of self and society, then he will have to be set aside, just like women, just like children, just like unborn children. I hope that's something you can stand against. You see, they hate you for the same reason that they hate unborn children. You threaten their regime. You threaten their pursuit of the deification of self and the reshaping of society in their own image. We seek to honor God, and we will use the political tools God has given us in this constitutional republic to hold evil in check and to pursue the good, the true, and the beautiful. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this show, head on over to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Give the show a rating and review. Let us know what you think. It really helps us reach more people. As long as I can fly under the technocrats on these platforms to change minds, change hearts, and save lives. If you want to learn more and engage with me online, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or go to sethgruber.com, S-E-T-H-G-R-U-B as in baby boy, E-R.com, to sign up for my newsletter, to see my speaking schedule, if you want to hear me speak live and local, or to book me for an event. Reminder, I have a scholarship available for you through a church that if you're a youth group, faith-based high school or church, and you don't have the funds to pay me, fly me out, get the rental car, travel expenses, whatever,
whatever. Let's do it anyways. We're going to underwrite all the costs for you. Uh, book me now before my year in 2021 is full. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Until next week, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. Uh,